Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse Nelson, and we're back for part three. Last week we did manage to make the episode shorter than the previous week. Yep. Still 35 minutes, but you know. There's a lot to talk about on these. I'm not. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a long for episode, especially in our current trend, but I also feel like we cut ourselves off a lot for how much we can talk about. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, trying to cram some of that stuff in there. But uh, to give a little background, uh, recently we brought up a number of subjects that all have related connection to the work that we do uh, with the magazine, the roaster, and of course the podcast. Um, so we decided to do a three-part series here, giving you a little bit of a behind-the-curtains look at all this work that we do um, so that we can have reference for subjects in the future. And we've already touched upon a lot of that in the last couple episodes, yeah. things that we're going to end up talking about. Uh, and they are very, very related. So uh, this is part three, the making of a coffee roaster. Jesse, why do you have... A coffee roaster. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? Or no, let's let's rephrase it because we did start doing this. Why do you still have a coffee roaster? All right, do we do you want to answer both questions? I mean, I've talked a lot about the origin of conduit yeah. and mm-hmm. all sorts of different capacities. I uh, we can link to the to the origin episode. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I mean, it's the same kind of answer as before. Like, it's a lot easier to keep the coffee roaster going than to start a new one now. And I think with the knowledge I know now and where the industry is now, I'm not sure I would. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm probably more sure that... But also you... I you, mean, I, I would be... Did you start your roaster strategically, though? No. Exactly. So you still would start it, wouldn't you? Yeah, with no strategy. I, I'm pretty sure the same Just for me. Just dive right on I had in. no strategy yeah. with mine either. I knew nothing. I mean, if I, I knew like, what I knew now. Like, I'm, and we're thinking about this as we grow yeah. and want to grow and leases are going to change and stuff. And we'll be finding a new roasting space, theoretically. So... That's like building a new roaster. What would I do different? And mm. um, I wouldn't say not do it. Yeah. You know, so it kind of depends on the day and what I'm doing. I got into coffee. I mean, I got into roasting because it was kind of like a couple episodes ago with that shout out that we had about the, the 65 oh, pounds good. of yeah. Hunter and coffee. I got into it because I loved roasting coffee. I was blown away with how the process of coffee. I was blown away that I didn't know anything about it. And mm-hmm. I was an avid coffee drinker and had business plans written up for opening a cafe and didn't know <laughs> anything about coffee roasting yeah. at all. And coincidentally, my good friend was in Guatemala. So I saw roasting for the first time. And that's all in that origin story of just like, yep. this is a food that I didn't know anything about. And I was working in kind of the political side of food systems and stuff. And it was it was an eye-opener to be like, this is something I drink every day that I care a lot about and I don't know anything. You know, yet I know a whole lot about where our tomatoes are coming from and what happens with the milk mm. industry and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I got into coffee roasting in that regard of just like, this is amazing food to cook. And I got really bored with home roasting. I mean, I loved the idea, but it was just like, this was before the Beamer even came out. And so we had the eye roast and it was very loud. And it was just smoky and it was a routine. And I loved the fascination of the coffee, but didn't really just the constant trying to roast coffee all the time. Like yeah. you were talking about with the Arakawa. Like it oh, takes, yeah, a, yeah. takes a chunk of time in your weekend to yeah, sort yeah, that out so you have coffee. If I if we figured out if I wanted to roast, uh, and again, you can listen back on the first part of this. Uh, if I wanted to roast that 65 pounds on the Arakawa, it would take me six days straight right. doing nothing but roasting. So, I mean, I then I got into the, the current, relatively current format of conduit because I wanted to do bigger roasting. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get my coffee and what I loved about coffee into more people's hands and more right. people's cups. And that's still why I do it is mm-hmm. because and why I do the podcast and why I do these tours mm-hmm. and everything. Because the best part about coffee is to be the conduit, to bring better coffee to people and share that experience and, and support mm-hmm. 
this incredible industry that we don't know very much about, but it's so easy to vote with your dollar. It's so easy to, to support a supply chain that, that provides livelihoods for beautiful people from the barista all the way to the producers and everybody in between and all the companies. And so I still am in coffee because I love being a conduit for this beverage. And the things that make me not want to be in coffee more are the day-to-day routines of the 3 billion cups of coffee. You know, the customers that don't right. either don't know or don't respect how much effort goes into mm-hmm. that cup of coffee and into just running a business. And like you said in the last episode, so little of my time is actually what I love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so much of the time is putting out fires, marketing, and just growing the business and kind of maintaining that admin marketing side of it. Hmm. So that answer your question a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, well, <laughs> maybe get, how about, how about we dive into like your day to day? What is it? What does it look like to be a coffee roaster this day and age? Well, to be a small coffee. Roaster. You know, it's funny. I, uh, when I was on the Anchorhead, the coffee's done podcast yeah. with them, they asked me though, like, so what's the, what's the hardest part about the day to day, week to week? Mm-hmm. And my answer was, it's the day-to-day and the week-to-week. <laughs> you know, and I think that's, there's a few flaws in the business model as far as how I thought about coffee. Because there's so much love that goes into a beautiful cup of coffee. Coffee, we drink coffee every single day. Yeah. All of us do. If you're listening to this, you probably have one or two cups of coffee a day. That means there's coffee that's brewed fresh every day. There's coffee that's roasted fresh. You know, it's seasonal. Like, all this is so incredibly challenging. So it's that day-to-day. Like, it's just, it's just it never ends mm-hmm. in the business side of it. And because it's it's just coffee. And... The vast majority of coffee is consumed as coffee, not as as a fine as experience. a connoisseur experience right, yeah. that you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out and learn about and all that stuff. So, you know, that's kind of the hardest part is it's it's, it's mm-hmm. relentless. Coffee is absolutely relentless. Yeah. And I guess from that perspective, also, it's really hard to to increase the value of that because you you have to spend hours just roasting the freaking coffee. Yeah, and you can't like there, there's nothing really special you can do on that level to make like your bags worth 10 times what they are. No, uh, there's things you can do, which is why bigger roasters companies have bigger volume roasters is because mm-hmm. you can dramatically lower your cost of production per hourly for the labor by right. exponentially increasing the, the that's poundage that like you're putting just out through per vol- hour. Volume is the only right? So, And that's why roasters, when we talk, we don't talk about how many pounds of coffee we roasted in a day. We talk about how many batches we did. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's a light day. It's 12 batches or it's a huge day. I did 35 batches today. And yeah. so whether you're, you know, roasting on a thousand pound roaster and you did 35,000 pounds of coffee mm-hmm. or you did, you know, my little 10 pound roaster, you did 350 pounds of coffee. It's still the amount of time that you're there. Right. right? Yeah. And so a lot of our business model is based around how much labor it costs to do the coffee. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, but on the other end, in our little roasting space, if I had upgraded to a larger roaster, it's a much bigger permit uh, from the air quality. It's a, it's the afterburner. It's a lot more green coffee to store. So that means square footage. That our rent has to go up and bigger spaces. I wouldn't be able to be in the space if I had a bigger roaster yeah. at all. Yeah. The day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot where I was going to go with that. You had to look like you were going to ask Because uh, <laughs> I'm just rambling. Yeah, no, I was, I was just... Uh, oh, the day in the life. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Give, so I was going to say... Give us a quick day in the life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to point people to Conduit's Instagram feed. Honestly, I did a... There's a featured story on there, a day in the life I did it. Because I'm fascinated with my lifestyle. I don't necessarily enjoy it, mm-hmm. but it's enormous. And so, like, just today, the day that we're recording this, mm-hmm. um, I woke up and I wrote some emails. I was at the studio by 5.30 this morning. 
and I had an hour to make coffee, get my stuff together, get in the car, and drive south to Auburn to go to the green room. They open at 7.30 for a will call pickup. And so it's, you know, it's about 45-minute drive down there. And, you know, dealing with Seattle traffic, got down there, said hi to everybody, picked up the paperwork, picked up my bags of coffee, drove all the way back up to here, have to unload the coffee, have to turn the roaster on. It's a mad dash to get back because it takes about an hour and a half for the roaster to warm up. And so that's a big chunk of the day. So the earliest you can get that turned on, the better. Um, yeah, turned the roaster on, and I did, what did I do? I did 12, 14, I did 16 batches of coffee which is about four hours, three and a half to four hours of roasting, you mm-hmm. know, and then did all that, did the emails and admin um, employees in here, getting the orders all ready to go, getting all the deliveries, double checking. Um, and then all of a sudden it was, it was two o'clock and you were here and we're ready to start recording the podcast. And so it's, it's an enormous day of just kind of beautiful food and people and tremendous industry. Right. So the point of this Thank is you. like, you're gorgeous. <laughs> Jen, if you listen to this podcast ever, you're, you're looking all right, too. She was the employee here today. Uh, all these beautiful people. Svetlana. Uh, but, I mean, the reason why I'm saying that is because all the different people that I touch, from, like, emailing the espresso machine manufacturers this morning to the imminent part of the supply mm-hmm. chain at the green room and their 20 million pounds of coffee that they mm-hmm. have there, you know, and the guys getting excited that I brought old coffee to them for the for their office and, you know, and like all the people that you interact with that. So it's, so on the Instagram feed, I have a much more elaborate day because it was just like roasting and bagging and all this stuff happening in the same day. And then the rest of the coffee industry, which is the marketing that, you know, getting your brand out there and everything in the evenings. Um, mm-hmm. So there's some stuff tonight. There's an event tonight and things like that. So a day in the life is, is it's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's also their long days. Yeah. And, Given all it doesn't this, sound quite as interesting when I say it out loud. Given all this, well, it, 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 <laughs> it, it's interesting to me, like uh, um, comparing it to to the work that I do. I mean, I all of my stuff is digital, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much all my stuff is digital. You've got a lot of physical things to manage. It's a lot of steps. Um, I mean, like, I don't have a you, Fitbit or anything take, like that. But if you take out the physical stuff, like I think our work. Like and time spent is probably will probably would not be that much different. But you've got all this extra, like you've got space to manage, you've got people to manage, you've got to go get green coffee and bring it back and manage that. You've got to deal with this machine right. and all of this like physicality of doing things. People ask why I'm fit, and it's like huge amount of yeah, energy. You drink too much, you don't go to the gym. Why are you so fit? It's like because I'm on my feet all the time, <laughs> running around yeah. and drinking a lot of coffee. And all I've had today is a three day old sandwich I bought at PCC on. Mm. On sandwich. Monday. Yeah. Today's Wednesday? Yeah, I yeah. bought it on Monday morning. <clears throat> Sweet. And that was it. <laughs> and so now we've had this coffee and this podcast and, you know, things start getting hangry and it's just like the motto is just make another shot of espresso and have a beer and keep on going, you know. So and then, then eventually... what's, uh, what's in it for you? <laughs> um, I mean, it's very much similar to what you're saying about the in the last episode about the magazine is mm-hmm. that I really am just proud of what I'm doing. <clears throat> you know, I'm really proud of what I've created. I'm really proud of the space and I'm proud of so proud of everybody that are in the conduit family, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of challenges with all that. There's not any money in coffee. And I think that's the and then we're going to get into that, I'm sure, about just the challenges of coffee in the current. Yeah environment is it's not the money is only there at at massive scale it's not yeah it's not even there at massive scale i mean the the money is in owning the logistics and the in the supply chain and all that kind of stuff right and it's the same thing that's a problem with the entire economy is that we do not reward the people that are making things gosh i don't reward the baristas we don't reward the cooks and the chefs you know and if you deal with seattle living wage and the delivery drivers and all this stuff like it's it's nonsense right and so the more 
it's the reality, and, and this is so apparent to me now that I'm seven years into the business, the reality that all the money flows up to the people at the top of the economic ladder, like mm -hmm. that's where they get the money. Because everything, it's like, oh, the developer's like, well, this is what a business of your type can afford in downtown Seattle. So this is what we're going to charge for rent plus 10% every year. And it's like, well, I don't have 10% growth every year. I'm a wholesale business. Yeah. You know, and like you're and those numbers for rents are based off of a hypothetical situation, which is pricing out any ordinary business and any small owner and the contingency you have to have for a 10 year lease on a, you know, fancy new restaurant space in you know, South Lake Union or whatever. And they're twelve, thirteen thousand dollars a month in rent, you know, at least for a relatively small kind of cafe spot in some of these places. It's like it's phenomenal how expensive it is and that that's changed tremendously in the city and just our and so this the the kind of the way that our economy is organized and when you get into wholesale coffee it's certainly organized around volume yeah three billion cups of coffee a day mm. you know oh i only make four cents on every cup that's fine because there's three billion cups of coffee a day but when you're dealing with little companies like ours that four cents a cup means that you're never going to make any money like yeah. it pays for itself but it's not it's not anything like you were saying about the magazine if if someone came to me and said i'll give you a hundred thousand if i can have two hundred thousand dollars next year back then I wouldn't need the money because we're doing fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody would be throwing the hundred thousand dollars at me. But the reality yeah. is, it's like, I mean, to, to be clear, I would still take it. Yeah. Because then I could turn it into something much greater. But still, it would be like. But the reality is that you can't turn it around that fast in coffee. Yeah. Like, there's it's just nothing that we could ever do, and that's the challenge. Is and we've had that problem of like, well, what what would I ever be investing in? It sounds like you guys just need money to operate. It's like, yeah, that's that's. You know, hoping mm -hmm. that maybe we grow big enough to where we can start paying back some of that investment. But it's it's a it's a labor of love. You know, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I, just to, I mean, commenting on that, like, uh, I love what you have here. Given like, hopefully that you grow like a lot more, you're gonna hit a point where you have to like make some really huge decisions. Yeah, and there's on, some on getting bigger. There's right? some cool conversations with that, and and honestly, I don't know. Like, and that's I, you know, I didn't start <laughs> conduit because I wanted to make five million dollars on right. this. I yeah. got into conduit because I wanted to be a conduit for coffee, and I that's a terrible reason to get into business. Except it's <laughs> except it's also the yeah. very best reason to get into business. But also, you know, like it's yeah. what's what keeps you going on yeah. that day to day and that week to week is that you love the outcome of it. You yeah. know, and it's not because I'm making money. On the other hand, but you you need to be able to make enough money to keep doing it. And that may mean like needing to make something at a bigger scale than what you have here. Kind right. Of thing. Well, in, in this city. But to give you an instance, so I don't want to give away too many numbers or anything like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, not that I care, but like we're, we're pretty close to around 50,000 pounds of coffee a year. Yeah. You know, and after the labor, after the cost of the green coffee, the labor of roasting, the labor of bagging and the deliveries and stuff like that, the, the labor that's going into the coffee, mm -hmm. we're lucky, lucky if we make a dollar a pound mm -hmm. on and on profit towards yeah. the business mm -hmm. after rent and all that stuff. We're lucky. Mm -hmm. And it's, I use a dollar pound because it's easy math, right? Yeah. So let's say we make a dollar on every pound, which isn't true because, you know, oops, we brought an extra five pounds to a cafe by accident and invoice them for it. We can't bring that coffee back. That dollar pound, they ordered 25 pounds. We gave them five pounds by accident. So they had 30. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. literally, you know, 25% of our entire profit margin just given away. Plus yeah. the cost of the green coffee yeah. and all that stuff going into it and the labor and the, then having to roast more because that bag needed to go someplace else. Yeah. You know, and um, so this dollar pound, 50,000 pounds a year. So that means at most our profit would be $50,000 mm -hmm. profit. Yeah. You know, but it also means that our costs are about um, 
at fifty thousand pounds, that's let's say three dollars a pound for easy math. That's one hundred fifty thousand dollars in cost in that labor was pretty close to ninety thousand dollars last year in labor. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're looking at pretty. I'm pretty proud to say that we're operating at like almost three hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue, yeah. and that's pittance. I mean, I know it's pittance. <laughs> like I'm just proud to say because I'm broke and I'm, yeah. you know, my yeah. parents were teachers, so anything with hundred thousands in it seems yeah. cool. Um, but that means that like there's a lot of work for this tiny little sliver of profit yeah. coming out of that. So the reason why I'm saying all that is because then we have tours that come through, these Airbnb tours. Mm-hmm. And the way those work out on a full tour, there's the revenue coming in. It's about $300 for a full tour. Airbnb takes some of that and, and we give away some coffee. So it's mm-hmm. not quite that much. But for easy math, it's it's basically $300. Takes a couple hours. Takes about four hours, an hour before we set up and blah, blah, blah. That one tour at a dollar pound profit is equivalent to a 300 pound order of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> right. So our friend that emailed a couple episodes ago about yeah. the 65 pounds. So that's equivalent of a 300 pound order of, of roasted coffee, which is equivalent to about 360 pounds of green coffee. Yeah. And all the cost and all the bagging and the like, <laughs> that's the that's, labor and the time and the, right. I mean, it, it's a solid nine energy. hours of roasting. It's an yeah. entire big day of roasting yeah. to make that order. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also proud of those tours because it's the finally something that's profitable yeah. in this business because mm-hmm. it's equivalent of that. And so if you think about where our economy is, that we are not rewarding the production of that coffee, but the marketing of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Um, yeah. That's that's where that is. And so it's a, it's a real challenge to, to stay mm-hmm. focused on that when there isn't any profit. But there is profit in the entire coffee industry. Right. You know, and there's profit sort of in talking about coffee. That's true. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And there's a lot of fun. Well, I mean, there is profit. The the amount. Yeah, Patreon's remain, making some money on our podcast. Remain be seen. <laughs> um, yeah, Patreon is technically all profit. Yeah. If you don't count, you know, our labor. Oh yeah. <laughs> that stuff. Labor. <laughs> um, um, so, I, I guess you've kind of touched on the challenges. Do you have Do you have any other? Uh, challenges like insights into the challenges of roasting. I do, and I feel that, like that and, you haven't touched on. And I've I mentioned this, and I know in an episode, maybe ten episodes yeah. ago, about we were talking about some other podcasts, and I wanted to give a shout out to the other podcast. I'm going to do it again. Uh, it's called How I Built This Roaster, yeah. basically, yeah. and it's a long podcast, and it's it's um, it's come from Royal Mile Coffee in uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I really like this podcast and it's, it's a good podcast and he's a really nice guy and he's done a cool business and I know he can relate to me because I am so grateful that he made this podcast so I don't have to do one. Yeah. <laughs> and the stuff he says in that. So if you really want to know about all the challenges in mm-hmm. coffee, like really want to dive into that and not just listen to us yammer about it, check out his podcast because okay. he breaks it down by these episodes. Like, why did you get into coffee roasting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Building out your roasting space, time manage it, branding and marketing Wholesale part, part one, wholesale part two, wholesale part three, end of the year review, roasting. It's not what you think, right? And these are all just the first year of this podcast. Right. And all these topics, like I'm, I'm getting goosebumps now <laughs> thinking about it because I like the things he says in there are, even if you don't like the format, are absolutely right about how hard it is to run a roaster. And mm-hmm. so I just want to reiterate something he said in there that I've said a bunch since then because he was like, yes, if I have one more person offer just to help me roast coffee. You know, it's like, I'm going to scream. Like, it's hard to it's hard to take those people seriously because that is the easiest part of the job. Mm-hmm. It takes up a fair amount of time. But it, literally, it's the easiest part of the job. It's the most important part of the job. 
what we need help with is the marketing. It's the day-to-day outside of that, you know, and it's a lot of effort to teach somebody how to roast coffee and you don't mm-hmm. just sit there and turn it on and just like sit there and la la la. It's, you know, it's a romantic idea that you're going to roast coffee. I have steel toes, toed shoes on every single day that I'm moving coffee around in there and it's dusty. I wear a full you, mask. Yeah, I you, have a smock you, that I put on. You put a picture of the mask up the other day. Yeah. I'm in there with literally a heavy-duty putty scraper and cleaning out the resin inside the roaster and scraping that thing off. And once a week, I pull a different part of the roaster apart and clean that. So every month, we go through a different cycle. And it's filthy, you know. And this week, Courtney doesn't know it, but we're going to get up and we're going to go on the roasting stack and we're going to do the clean the whole stack up and down like it's a giant pipe cleaner. And, and, (laughs) you know, it's like it's it's ridiculous how much work goes into coffee right and it's it's also nice knowing that everybody does this in coffee mm-hmm. uh, these big roasters they literally climb inside of them as humans they climb inside in when tyvek suits and scrape this stuff out because coffee's wild. filthy yeah yeah like it's dusty and resinous and smoky and filled with minerals and caffeine and gosh other- kind of makes you just want to go back to the old uh you know east african coffee method of uh just sticking in a pot over the fire and uh <laughs> Yeah, I was I was more thinking like I'd rather never mind. Right. Um, makes you think about past careers and things that weren't as difficult and busting your knuckles trying to clean a roaster after you've been doing it for twelve hours, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get emails from customers that don't quite yeah jive well with how hard you're working to make sure that they get their cup of coffee. People right. are very particular about their cup of coffee. Oh, That's also a oh challenge. Goodness. Yeah, and you, we all know that. Yeah. But as a person that as a business that that supplies, you're actually like subscriptions and doing that, yeah. and it's like. Oh, I didn't get the cup of coffee, or you know, I asked for this coffee and I didn't get it. It's like, oh, yeah. And we have customers that want us to reuse old bags because they're environmentally conscious. And it's like, well, we have a hundred of those, and we have a whole crew at minimum wage. I don't have time to teach yeah everybody yeah. this week how to do a special order in that regard. Like, right. the internet doesn't work that way. I would like to put an ask out there to people that send emails to small businesses that they're patrons of, and I'm wondering where that etiquette changes from emailing somebody like Amazon, a company like Amazon versus emailing a company like Conduit. Well, I get, uh, I mean, I get a lot of emails from people, the support ones or people are having challenges. They usually start off angry. Uh, And I understand, like um, I I see that and I'm like, okay, I get this. Right. Um, Like you're not having the experience you were expecting, et cetera. You know, most other companies, I get it. Like, I've dealt with a lot of really crappy companies. Right. So I'm always like, I'm so sorry you're having that problem. Let me just, let's go through the things. We'll work it out. You know, everyone always, like, turns back around. They're like, oh, wow, okay, cool, thank you. It's like, but there is always this first, like, point of contact with these, like, support problems where everyone just approaches it angrily with just such... And this, like, texting style of, it's like, you didn't even say thank you. You know, you're demanding something that you already got. You just don't know it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just on your porch in a, a different times, corner than what you're yeah. looking for. A lot it's of the like, times on my end, like with the apps and stuff, it's not even my fault. It's right. like the app store being stupid. We get people emailing us <laughs> credit card numbers because they want us to change a credit card number because theirs got compromised. Yeah. It's like, well, Wonder there's a couple why. issues here. Also, <laughs> everything's online. We don't ever, yeah. ever deal with credit card yeah. numbers at all. I do not ever want to have credit cards on, yeah. on record there. The, the, the challenges of... Uh, I mean, just running a, a small business like this in general, right. but, uh, you know, the roaster, the magazine, uh, I think, like, like I said before, like, we, I think there's a lot of overlap in, in some of those things that we do, but, um, we're, we're dealing with all of the pieces all the time. 
all the time. Which is kind of a small business owners it never ends. Yeah. yeah. If you if you have the ability to to hire a team to manage things, oh my gosh, does it become so much more efficient? Yep. Uh, it, I think one of the things I didn't mention on on the show about the magazine, uh, which I think pertains to you as well, is that it, one of the challenges is in in workflows. Yeah. When you're when you're jumping between roles all the time, it just it violently interrupts workflows. Yep. Like constantly I mean, violently. Honestly, that's why we raised our prices on days of the studio that aren't open house days. Mm-hmm. Because somebody comes in off the street yeah. and we're in the middle of our team's in the middle, I'm in the middle of roasting, and they come in and they want to talk about coffee for ten minutes, maybe get a shot of espresso. Yeah. You know, so we have our barista make a shot of espresso, we have somebody else come and talk about the bag of coffee and they're here for fifteen minutes. Well at you know, at twenty bucks an hour. Yeah. That's literally ten hours of time, ten dollars worth of time that mm-hmm. they took. 15 minutes from two people. Yeah. Which is, you know, what, 10 times the profit margin that we're making on that pound of coffee. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So why? Like, we have to raise yeah. our prices. And so it's like, it takes, it's, it's hard. I think to get out of the whole customer thing, I squawk this a lot because it's like, oh, well, at least the coffee's tasting good, you know, because yeah. I'm in there. It's like our, our, our drain backs up and I'm down there dissecting the whole thing. And I learned how to plumb because of coffee. Like, you know, I know how all the 220 powered systems work and how to boil water and the BTU usage and all this stuff because of coffee, you know, but it's like I'm in there doing plumbing and pulling out this seven years of grease trap and it stinks and it's filthy and it's disgusting and it's not at all what I want to do at seven in the morning. But But at least your coffee's But at least the coffee's tasting good, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like at least this, like it's so much part of the business and the challenges that go to that, that. That's, day to day. That's, that's kind of funny about the the, ele- the electrical. That's something I learned uh, when we got into doing the events and stuff. Right. And, and you were like, no, 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 no. Don't you know this about it? And I'm like, why would I ever know that you can't plug in, you know, I, I had a booth. I could not plug in two appliances to my one power strip. No, I can't. Because it, Shoots, there goes yeah. a fuse. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I never think about these things. Yeah. Because at home, I just go plug, plug, plug in my kitchen. I got three different outlets. Apparently. It you works. learn how nice those new condos are when they have all those different outlets for all that because they don't want those things shorting out either because yeah. talk about complaints when the power goes out, you know, and the poor apartment <laughs> right. managers are just really trying to automate this right. stuff and hire a firm for that. You don't want somebody having to wander around and help people figure out their fuse boxes. Uh, yeah. So conduit coffee, really great coffee. Yeah. Um, where can people get it? Uh, online, we have really ro- robust subscriptions. Um, we're going to do some changes with that, so there'll be some discounts for subscriptions uh, USPS. So for our listeners that aren't in Seattle, mm. um, we have a lot of subscribers because we do bicycle delivery, and so we have a lot of subscribers locally. Um, yeah, find us online. Support our, our awesome uh, Instagram page. Yep. Putting a lot of effort into that, and it's really rocking. Conduitcoffee.com. Yep. You can link to it from CoffeeLoversRadio.com. That's right. <laughs> you can hear us talk all well, the time. We'll have it in have it in the show notes. Uh, but uh, I, um, I mean, I love Condor Coffee. I recommend people go there all the time. Yeah, in the magazine delicious. and on. The um, and by the time this issue comes out or this episode comes out, I like in the magazine. I kept calling it. Yeah, now, issue. Started, now it's an issue. Yeah, yeah, now it's an issue. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> Suddenly, it's an issue. We're gonna have some new coffees. We're gonna have the Rwanda, the women's coffee, the Hingakawa. Oh, nice. And the Ellie, the Peru Ellie, is going to be oh very good soon. Very so good. by the time this episode comes out, there'll be some new hot coffees on the on the website. Excellent. If I get to it, you know, because it's another thing on the list. All right. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Get some coffee. 
donate. Uh, let's see. For shout outs, uh, this episode, I've got uh, another question. Uh, unless you had a, a shout out? No. Do you have shout outs? All right. Um, People don't shout at me. So, uh, a question for us then. Uh, what book would you recommend to give to someone or give to someone and why? Coffee book? Like, recommend a book or give a book. Coffee now, any book? book. Oh, jeez. Come on. <laughs> I've only had all day to think about this. I know, why right? You, you just, I don't know. To be um, fair, to be fair, I gave you this note uh, five hours ago. Oh, it is written down right there. after, right after I wrote it. Yeah, I just looked at the fact that you had no notes for my episode or the coffee roaster episode. My <laughs> episode it's no longer ours. There's an, there's an outline. So the book I've given away the most is vagabonding about how to travel, oh. and it's kind of a theory, oh, yes. kind of a thing. It's not a really a travel guide. It's just a guide to how to live abroad and be mm. a good person. Mm. Um, always wash dishes wherever you go. Uh, I think coffee books, Monk of Mocha, for sure, is still yeah. at the top of the list. That's an awesome book. And it's yeah. really the first third of that book is all the things you should be knowing about coffee and where it comes from. And Mokhtar does an excellent job with that. Well, uh, Dave Eggers. Um, oh, yeah. Does an excellent job. Dave, yeah, exactly. Through 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 Mokhtar's story. Um, but, yeah. So we'll, we'll link to the, the, the Monk of Mocha, uh, of course. It's about Yemeni coffee is, and his Mokhtar's oh, yeah. experience of getting the world's best and oldest coffee back in production and <clears throat> helping that country. Right. Um, and, and also uh, always a book that I recommend. Um, it's, it's such a good book. Yeah. Especially if, if you have people in your life who like, if you're obsessed with coffee and you have people in your life, they're like, I don't get what, what you find interesting in this. Just hand them that book. Yep. Like it's the kind of book where my you mom don't need loved to, it. You don't need to know anything about coffee to find that book. Awesome. Yeah. My mom took it from me and <laughs> mailed it to me later. She loved it. <laughs> Other books? I don't know. I have, I have, I have one non-coffee book uh, that that I've really enjoyed. Um, it's called "Some Forty Tales from the Afterlives." Hmm. So it's forty short stories written by David uh, Eagleman. I actually don't know anything else from this author. I just someone <laughs> gifted me this book a long while ago, um, but it's very interesting. Um, just yeah, they're short. They're short stories about entering the afterlife and they're all different perspectives on what afterlife could mean but they're like perspectives on life from like it's it's kind of like looking at mean the meaning of life from the afterlife interesting in all these different points of view so it just it just really got me thinking about living and what we think about reality and how we perceive things so yeah it's a cool book yeah highly recommend uh we could do a whole other podcast on Books that we read a decade ago. <laughs> I don't read enough. With uh, the business yeah, we do. We do I definitely don't read enough. Where we could do that. Uh, it's called the third crack. Oh yeah. So um, maybe we should do an episode if we don't know. Let's. Uh, do I have a guest for it. Let's dive into the crack. <laughs> Clink. Thank you so much, Jesse, for sharing your experiences in roasting. Yes. This has been our three-part series, making of the podcast, magazine, and the roaster. Please ask questions. We'd yep. love to follow up on this. These are meant to be baselined so we can continue. Yeah, we'll continue talking about these subjects, but also we're going to complaining talk about, about the challenges, referencing yeah. to them. This is all just so we can complain in the next several uh, episodes of the podcast, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Cheers. 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 This has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows, click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. 
Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Visit coffeeloversradio.com, say hello, and listen to our after show, The The Third Third Crack. Crack!